Welcome to the Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. Get started on your own path to living vibrantly. The first step, Goshen Health. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode, Sound of the Economy. Welcome to the Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner, and today's episode is Sound of the Economy, brought to you in part by Everance. Ground your finances in values like care, hope, and sharing. Everance. Today, we welcome back Angie Eggering, who is a partner at Inside Accounting Group. You'll remember from our last episode, Angie just walked us through some of the basics of your individual and business tax returns. Uh, Today, we're going to get into a little uh, nuts and bolts and uh, maybe uh, bring Angie's temperature, internal temperature up a little bit, because we're going to talk about taxes in Indiana. And most specifically, we're going to talk about from a business perspective, some of the things that are happening in Indianapolis now as the legislature, um, how can we put this kindly, tinkers with taxes. Mm -hmm. But Angie, when we had our initial conversation about doing this podcast, um, that's one of the first things that came to your mind is, is you individually and accountants in general are very concerned with some of the things that are before the Indiana legislature right now. Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to speak about it. It does get me excited because mm-hmm. it's there's a great opportunity for Indiana taxpayers. I think in particular, Elkhart County will benefit a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the bill that's being debated is Indiana Senate Bill 2. Um, it's it's promoted to have a tax savings of $50 million to Hoosier Small Businesses. That's the number they're throwing out. And there's a little argument about that, but I think it's somewhat in the, it makes, it's a reasonable estimate of what the potential tax savings. So, so what they're considering is a retroactive tax bill. So retroactive means that it's going to be effective as of January 1st, 2022. Well, it's, you know, the beginning of 2023, we're trying to get tax returns filed. So it gives us a little heartburn (laughs) as a community to think about yet more tax law change at the beginning of our filing season. So, but, but what we need to focus on is what, what is in there and what's good Mm -hmm. about it. And it has a lot of great benefits. What this bill is going to do is allow pass-through entities. So those are things like S-corporations and partnerships. You could be an LLC that's a pass-through entity. When you're a pass-through entity, your income from the business, the business accounts for it, files a tax return, a pass-through entity or a PTE. I'm going to use that, that phrase. They file a PTE tax return. And then that income passes through to the shareholders or the owners on a Form K-1 And you individually then pay the tax Mm -hmm. at the individual level. So that's what a PTE is, and that's what this bill is all about. So the the PTEs out there, when they pay in particular state and local taxes, the PTE individual owners pay those taxes. Versus if you are a big C corporation that's Mm -hmm. not a PTE, when you pay Indiana business taxes, you get to deduct it at the business level. So on the other hand, these PTE business owners, they pay their federal taxes and state taxes. They can, in theory, deduct them on their personal tax returns, but there's been some significant changes to those rules. The itemized deduction rules have changed a lot mm-hmm. and since the, the, um, the Trump Tax cuts, the tax cut job act. That's both at the individual and the corporate level, correct? There's been a lot of, ta- of change. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the 
at the individual level, the the uh, the Tax Cut Jobs Act mm-hmm. bill, it increased the amount of itemized deductions that the, the standard deduction, I should say, mm-hmm. increased the standard deduction about double that. So a lot of people now don't itemize their deductions because the standard deduction is higher. Um, the other big change to the itemized deduction space that hurts these pass-through entity owners is state and local tax deductions. The mm-hmm. SALT tax, as we call it, the SALT deduction, as we call it, has been capped at $10,000. So you, as a business owner, could be paying 15000 or 10000 or $12,000 of pass-through entity state and local income tax personally you, the business owner, can be paying that much. But mm-hmm. if you're, if you hit the SALT cap and tap out at $10,000 of SALT deduction, you're not getting any benefit ah. from paying those state taxes at the individual level. So this is making a big impact on Hoosier taxpayers in particular, as we've had some really good profitable years, especially in the RV industry in the area. State income tax bills have skyrocketed. But when we take those deductions at the individual pass-through entity owner level, you're being capped out or limited to $10,000 of deduction. So this bill is going to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, this bill, if if it passes and it looks like it will, it has very broad-based support on the Senate um, and the House side. And, you know, they've the people in power and have all decided kind mm-hmm. of amongst themselves, once we get this out... <laughs> of Senate and out of the House, it's going to fast track to the governor's desk. And they want to retroactively change it as of January 1st, 2022, to say that pass-through entities, those PTEs, mm-hmm. can deduct at the business level the state and local taxes that they pay. So they're going to ch- kind of change the way we do that. So instead of passing the income out, the individual shareholders or members pay the tax we're, they're going. The, the new law allows them at the business level to deduct those taxes. So taxable income goes down mm-hmm. before it even passes out. So immediate tax savings. So these the, individuals. the interesting thing about this is I think two of the prisms that, that people run uh, information through on tax changes in Indianapolis is, first of all, how is this going to change the balance between residential, business, agriculture, et cetera? And the other is, is how is this going to affect state revenue and, and bringing up state revenue? In this case, from what I've read in, in you know, preparing for this particular conversation, in both cases, the impact is minimal. There's not going to be a big shift to residential or individual taxpayers as a result of this. And it's not going to affect state coffers in any negative way. Right. And state coffers are already, at least right now, pretty mm-hmm. full. We've got right. quite a big surplus. So this is a win for small businesses especially without costing anybody else. Absolutely. Which doesn't happen at the legislative level. Yep. Uh, level very often. Yeah. Well, people who are hurting, it's it's reducing federal tax mm-hmm. is what it's doing. So right. the $50 million in savings is a federal tax savings deduction. So, well, yeah. I, I would argue <laughs> that people in Washington don't worry about Indianapolis <laughs> yeah. very often, yeah. so we can just yeah, not right. worry about Indianapolis. Well, we're coming a little late to the game. There's mm-hmm. other, 29 other states already passed similar really? legislation. Oh, my goodness. The IRS gave the blessing to this kind of workaround, mm-hmm. the salt cap, a few years ago, and we've been very slow to yeah. respond. Unfortunately, um, ideally, we would have liked to have dealt with this, you know, last yeah. summer or know it was coming for 2022 before January, you know, mid-January. Um, but, you know, that's where we're at. 
Um, but, you know, the CPA community as a whole, by and large, besides complaining about it being like, <laughs> wah, it's another tax law change late in, in tax yeah. season. We all hate that. But that, you know, we have to focus on this is good for our businesses. So this you're is like, good for business owners. You're likely yeah. to see a lot of amended returns. We are going to probably extend again. Mm-hmm. We are kind of, our focus as a firm is to continue forward with preparing returns, but maybe not filing them mm-hmm. until we know what's going to happen with this legislation. So to your viewers, people listening here, um, if you are a small business owner and you have a profitable pass-through entity, mm-hmm. um, if you have a small profit or a loss, it probably doesn't make sense to hold your return for this. But if you have, let's say, $80,000, $50,000 or more of net profit in your pass-through entity, it's worth hanging on to your return until they can get these legislative changes worked through. Obviously, when it leaves you know, the governor's desk, now the Department of Revenue is tasked with figuring out how to make this happen. Mm-hmm. This is a whole new system. Um, they're, they are already, God bless them, they're pivoting and trying to figure <laughs> out what to do. They already kind of gave us a clue as to how it's going to be filed and collected. Yeah. So that's good to know. Um, from the taxpayer standpoint, just be prepared that it's going to create the need to file extensions quite likely. There is going to be additional cost mm-hmm. that your accountant incurs and needs to pass through to you to file the form, get the withholding set up for next year, you know, calculate the impacts on your tax liability. So be patient and kind to your accountant as they work through the changes. <laughs> and um, hopefully they're communicating to you, too, what the benefit is yeah, for you. This it's, time of year, you're yeah. always patient and kind. Right. Your you're always nice and patient. <laughs> Nobody if ever for nothing, gets, just to protect right, yourself. Right. <laughs> Bring them donuts. <laughs> Angie, I want to talk about something else at the legislative level. Um because sometimes there's reaction, sometimes there's overreaction, and, and, and sometimes there's not enough reaction, I guess you could admit. But you know, right now people are looking at, you know, we've seen over the last two years, primarily because of COVID and the effect there, the effects of inflation, we've seen a rise in property values, which means we've seen a rise in assessments. And so a conversation that's picked up quickly in Indianapolis is on what do we do about property taxes and do we increase the homestead exemption and those kind of things. From a, an accounting perspective, um, are we are we reacting too soon, or is it better to sit back and wait, or or what do you look at when you look at Indiana property taxes in terms of of, of how we need to address this? Oh boy, well you didn't. <laughs> how do you say that all nicely? Um, I guess from my client's perspective, mm-hmm. what we see most often is just the. Um, inequitable application maybe of the current rules is what what feels (laughs) wrong to us. And I think, you know, every homeowner is um, concerned that they don't want to pay more than the guy next door, right? Right. In proportion. Mm -hmm. So I think if we can continue to focus on a a system that's fair and there being a fair and equitable way that you can check to see where you fall and that to just know that those rules are being applied Mm -hmm. equally, um, Most of my business real estate owners do hire consultants to help them look at their tax liability Mm -hmm. to see whether it's a fair amount given what their peers are paying. Exactly. Um, I don't feel like you should have to do that. That feels wrong to me that you have to hire a consultant to make sure you're not paying too much tax. But I guess that's kind of what I do day to day too, right? So it's helping you make sure you don't pay too much tax. But um. I guess I don't have any real strong opinions on what I think the rates should mm-hmm. be as long as they're equitably applied. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the complaint that 
my client base has that I have just looking at the success. So, and, and, and one other thing to wrap you up, we certainly appreciate the extra time you've, you've spent with us, but you do quite a bit of estate planning, estate involvement, those kind of things. Um, there doesn't, at least to me, appear to be any better time to think about estate planning or adjustments to your current estate plan mm-hmm. than tax time. Yep. Yep. That's a good time to think about it. Um, we have that on our kind of list to, to discuss with clients. And I think mm-hmm. during, biz, during our busy season, we get a little too focused and absorbed on the income tax side. That is also a great time. And your account has a pretty good view of where your assets are, how they're titled. Um, even if you're not concerned about having an estate tax bill, which mm-hmm. in today's legislative environment, um, the estate exemptions fairly large, over $12 million per individual can pass estate tax free at your desk. So if you and your spouse together have over 24, coming in 25 million of, of exemption, maybe that's not your concern, but it's a good time of year to just kind of go through your basic plan. Um, you know, do you have an updated will? Mm-hmm. Do you have trusts in place that are going to help your assets avoid probate, which really is just a kindness that you're giving to your heirs, um, having a trust set up so that the probate process goes very smoothly or you can avoid probate Probate is important. Um, but if you have those trusts set up but you don't have the assets titled properly, then you kind of are circumventing all that planning you've done. So tax time is a good time to take a look at, at your assets. Do I have... If I have a revocable trust in place, do I have the accounts all titled that way? Are my beneficiary designations on my retirement accounts up to date? Mm. Um, certainly is a good time just to, to take a look at your overall financial wellness. So it's um, not very economically prudent for me to exact revenge on my son by saying, hey, no. you're the executor of my estate. You do with I'm gonna, your sisters. I'm, I'm not setting a up big, a trust. No, don't leave a big mess. Please don't do that. <laughs> so it's very um, emotionally um draining and exhausting and frustrating for your ears to have to figure out what you were thinking. Yeah. Like, what was dad thinking? <laughs> he's got assets, he's got CDs and a dozen yeah. banks. Nobody knows yeah. where they, I don't know his password. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. So for, to be kind to your, to your heirs you and ears. have a plan. Yeah. And really everybody needs a will. At least you need some basic blocking and tackling. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend a fortune on, um, you know, a complex, complomplicated trust if that's not what your situation requires right. but um, yeah and again accountants are the best people to answer we can help questions. you get started yeah, yeah certainly we can help you take a look kind of give you some ideas give you some referrals to um, local attorneys that can help you get that plan in place okay well Nick and I will have to deliver a really big big rescue basket yes, to you right before right. April 15th we will, yeah. as a thanks for you appearing <laughs> we on won't the program. Say no we to, appreciate to it. No, yep. I didn't think so. Angie, thanks. And good You're luck welcome. as you Thank go you. through the tax process. Right. Our thanks to Angie Eggering of Inside Accounting Group. Sound of the Economy brought to you in part by Everance and is a presentation of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. Don't forget the Sound of Goshen includes Sound of the Economy, Sounds of Service, Sounds of Success, and Sounds Around Town. It's a presentation of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Vince Turner. Thank you once again for joining us.